The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show where we bring a disclosure one guest at a time. I'm your host Mel Fabregas and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again and if this is your first time make yourself at home. First I want to welcome and thank our new members. You are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight's special guest is known by all of you. He has already been on twice this year although I had to mix his two appearances in one show. But after so many requests, we are getting it done. Cliff High has accepted my invitation for a full show. Although he usually keeps his interviews somewhat short, tonight you will experience Cliff at his best in a special three-hour edition of the Veritas show. We're going to take our usual intermission after a bit more than one hour and then two more full hours of uninterrupted and uncensored Cliff High. If you are not a Veritas member, this would be a great time to stop the audio and become a member. You will have access to Cliff High's full show and will also be able to download it and listen to all our past shows. Get access to the Magicor Forum and our exclusive member chat room where you will interact with people from all over the world. And speaking of the world, as of today, Veritas is only nine months old and people in 143 countries or territories are tuning in. 
I would like to welcome the following 11 new countries and territories. Armenia, Brunei, Gabon, Ghana, Gibraltar, Haiti, Liechtenstein, Montenegro, Myanmar, known today as Burma. And I wonder how in the world they're listening since Burma really doesn't allow this type of information to get out. Maybe their military junta wants to keep up to date. And the last two countries, Nepal and Syria. And now to some quick news on our future guest. I received an email from a listener who said Robert Emenegger, a guest who appeared on the Veritas show on April 17th of this year. The listener heard Bob Emenegger at the Angela Joyner show and says, quote, Robert Emenegger denied that there were seven seconds of video from the UFO landing in his documentary UFOs Past, Present and Future. I know that he did not deny it on your show and wondered what your feelings are on this, unquote. Well, Joshua, I contacted Angela Joyner and she said, quote, Yes, he did deny it on my show. He did not deny it on DeAndrews' show either. Grant Cameron and DeAndrews were shocked. I wonder if he understood my question or heard me correctly, unquote. I will be contacting Bob Emenegger myself since he told me offline and on the air that the footage of the UFO landing at Holloman Air Force Base, the seven seconds, was genuine. You can listen to this show right in our archive. Come on, Bob. Why change your mind? We want to know. And folks, I am so proud of the upcoming guests. Next week, directly from Norway, Dr. Rauni Kilde, Mind Control. And following, Commander Sergeant Major Robert Dean. Andrew Basiago and Dr. Leonard Horowitz. For updates on news and our upcoming guests, visit our website at veritasshow.com. If you need to get in touch with me with questions or feedback, send an email to mail, that's M-E-L, at veritasshow.com. And one last thing. Some of you are contacting me for a free subscription to Veritas. For that, please go to the free subscription link on our website, veritasshow.com. If you are 100% qualified to transcribe shows, I will give you a three-month subscription for every show you transcribe. Folks, I treat every show like a movie production. The quality of the research, the sound, no commercial interruptions, etc. A lot of time and resources go into producing this show. I encourage you to compare with other shows. So, if you can provide value to Veritas or have ideas that can turn into value, I will reciprocate as well. And now, get ready for three hours of Cliff High and his predictions from now through 2012. Swine flu, mandatory vaccinations, civil war, the new American revolution, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, Attempts by the government to shut down the internet, the breakup of the union, alien wars, and so much more. If you want to continue believing, stop listening now. If you want to know, don't go anywhere. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to The Veritas Show.
This is Catherine Austin Fitz, and you're listening to The Very Tough Show. Cliff High and George Yore, two self-described time monks, shared dire predictions based on the WebBot technology. Their method captures changes in language patterns within internet discussions. This aggregated data is then processed with software to determine various keywords, which they interpret in a predictive fashion. For the coming months, the two recommend developing self-sufficiency and the ability to live off the grid. The WebUp project, developed in the late 1990s, was created to assist in making stock market predictions. The technology uses a system of spiders to crawl the internet and search for keywords, much like a search engine does. When a keyword is located, the bot program takes a snapshot of the text preceding and following the keyword. The snapshot of text is sent to a central location, where it is then filtered to define meaning. The project's concept is aimed at tapping into the collective unconscious of the universe and its inhabitants. As well, there's an interesting time concept involved and an unusual concept of a tipping point regarding the past, current, and future times. In 2001, the bud operators began to notice that stock market predictions were not the only matters being accurately predicted by the program, and they began to take notice of the coincidence with occurrences and explored it further. One of the first accurate predictions from the bot program took place in June of 2001. At that time, the program predicted that a life-altering event would take place within the next 60 to 90 days, an occurrence of such proportion that its effect would be felt worldwide. The program based its prediction on its filtered web chatter content, which ultimately represents the collective unconscious of society. Regrettably, the program's prediction proved accurate and the Twin Towers fell on September the 11th, 2001. And this is where it starts to become really interesting. The BOT program also predicts a worldwide calamity taking place in the year 2012. With us tonight, he is back. One of the creators of the WebBot project, Cliff Hi. Hello, Cliff, and welcome back to the Veritas show. How are you? Yeah, Mel, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for accepting another invitation, this time for a full show. By the way, I heard your interview with, um, with Michael St. Clair, and the sound was impeccable. Were you using Skype? Yes, I was, yes. I'll try it in the future, because your voice, for the first time, <laughs> I heard the real you. <laughs> well, you know, the terrible part is I had somebody um, listen to it and said, hey, the Duder is back. And at first I didn't understand. And he said, you sounded just like the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. This is your third time on Veritas, Cliff. You know that, right? I don't keep track of that. My wife was asking me recently, well, how many times have you been on radio? And I thought, well, at least six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we spoke, it was in May, I believe. And, and you had some dire predictions then. And, and then the following Alta report came out, which made the prior sound like paradise. I want to revisit Alta Report 9 for a moment before we talk about the most recent report and what the predictive linguistics have in store for us. By the way, the California fires... Any relationship to the summer of hell from all time? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was just, our issue was that we just couldn't put all the details. Uh, because in the East Coast, it's been a summer of hell from too much cold. In the Northeast, too much rain. In the Mideast, and pretty soon it's going to be huge storms on the Lower East Coast. So, And then on the West Coast, we have the fires. And in Houston, we have the, um, uh, or Austin uh, through to um, San Antonio, we have record uh, setting, or uh, record uh, set 
for a number of days over 100, and up here in the northwest, we've broken uh, all-time heat records, so the, 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 there were just too many disparate ways in which it was manifesting to just uh, easily encapsulate it, so we just said the summer of hell. I should have said to everybody at the time that I wrote that, oh, bear in mind, most of the summer of hell will happen in the latter half of summer. So a lot of people had sent me emails and said, oh, well, it's two months into summer and nothing's really happened in my area. Well, the guy who sent me that email lives in Los Angeles, so I think he probably has a new idea of what's going on. Well, my family and I took a vacation last week, and we went to California, escaping the desert heat. And we were driving around Hollywood, and we cannot believe when we saw this big banner over a bank saying, 113 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. So, yes, Clay, during... and, and they usually have nine, I'm told, days over 100 in San Antonio, and they're working in their 50s now, 50-plus 50 days over 100 degrees. Well, during our first appearance, your first appearance, swine flu had just appeared, and that was so coincidental that we had you on the show maybe a day or two after. What most people think or believe is that this is just a new occurrence, when in the 70s it was already tried. I remember clearly you said that it was just a test run, but the big eruption would happen in the fall. Without looking at the altar reports, all you need to do is turn on the TV or go to any mainstream media website, and all you see is swine flu preparation talk. What is your predictive language telling you now? How is it going to play out? Well, right at the moment, uh, we're sort of pleased. I mean, I don't like to say gratified, but I'm, I'm satisfied that the language we forecast back then about the swine flu is showing up in, as we move into fall, as we uh, forecast. Now, at this point, our data suggests that the next big uh, emotional um, uh, response to the swine flu in the language will, will bring out the refuseniks, what we're calling refuseniks. I don't know yes. that the main, mainstream press will call them that. But I suspect there will be impacts on school systems nationwide as uh, awake and aware parents get out there and, and haul their children out of school rather than have them vaccinated with that toxic stew that they're calling the swine flu vaccine. And so the refuseniks are going to make a, uh, a big political splash this fall, but nothing compared to what's going to occur in January and February relative to the next go-round of the swine flu. That's going to be the next emotional bubble, and you'll probably see the linguistics and the mainstream media building up to that bubble of swine flu problems in late December. So in other words, you'll be reading or seeing it all over the place in a much more intensified, much more scary language in December as they get prepared for the next wave of the um, epidemic. Now, we need to note that there's also, as part of the refuseniks, lots of language showing up to support their position. That is to say, there's reports coming out about how poorly made the vaccines are, how they don't work, how they're containing all these other chemicals that are nasty for us, and then also how they, uh, even in laboratories, they're not able to get this strain of swine flu to mutate to anything really lethal. Yes, people have died from it, and yes, the mainstream media is really hyping those deaths, but compared to regular flu, it's a non-starter. So its lethality rate, I think, is almost one-tenth of the regular flu, uh, given CDC's own numbers for the U.S. So it's like, big deal. Why, are they so, why is there so much language around it? And obviously, there's some other agenda going on. What I found interesting, uh, Cliff, is that uh, people think that the level, the world health organization hasn't raised their level to six, but it's actually to level six, which means it's the highest one, which gives governments the power to to uh, issue emergency. Uh, and we've only had about, what, 1,000 deaths worldwide, and we Correct. have it at level six. But in the United States alone, we had 33,000 deaths from a regular flu last year. Where was level six then? 
exactly. Why all of the um, uh, fear language around it? What is the big uh, impetus on the? What's the big pressure on government to make them behave this way? One has to wonder. You know, now the media can easily be duped by their sources. The government saying this is coming, and the media is going to run with it. But the government people issuing the the warnings and raising pandemic levels and so forth have an agenda that does not match the reality of the supposed pandemic. Even in um, South America, where it has been slightly more lethal in some small uh, subset populations, it is still running, as I say, about one-tenth as lethal as regular flu or less. And so uh, it brings up the question, you know, it begs the question, why are they doing this? What is their intent? Uh, I know their intent, rather, is to increase fear, and therefore we have to start from that point assuming that, oh, well, maybe this is another uh, method of grabbing more power. Because, of course, once they're on that power path, they become greedy little buggers and just can't get enough. Now, this is a question on everybody's mind. Do you see forced vaccinations taking place? Uh, No, we see lots of language about it. Um, And I'll grant you that, that, um, that we actually will see language appearing in the mainstream media, which so far you notice they're very careful to skirt the issue of forced vaccinations or mandatory. They very rarely use any kind of a word uh, suggesting that this will ever be the case, and they also avoid deliberately reporting on such moves in the states of um, uh, Massachusetts and Iowa and so on. Yes. So, but the, that language for that will appear in late December, and it'll go to the idea of the worst of everybody's fears that there, there may indeed be attempts to do uh, forced vaccinations. Now, let's be real clear about this, though. Our data process never really describes events. It describes the language that will appear after or around those events. So we don't know for a certainty. Well, there will always be that doubt because language can be ambiguous. But given given that caveat, our data never actually describes any forced vaccinations being attempted. What it describes is the adroit use of all of the fear language around forced vaccinations to get people to take the vaccine. And, and it's not, I'm not using weasel words here. I'm, I'm just trying to describe what our data sets show. And that is that they're pointing to the powers that be using fear language and threatening forced, evac, uh, forced vaccinations to try and raise the level of compliance with their wishes. Make sense? Yes, it does. And by the okay, way... So we don't, we don't actually have any kind of language, for instance, describing uh, troops holding people hostage and shoving needles in their arms. We don't have anything like that. We do have language that shows up uh, saying that there will be a lot of uh, legalistic kind of moves by the government to attempt to compel uh, uh, vaccinations. Now, in reality, if you do, and we always, I always like to back off and do a Buckminster Fuller-style resource analysis on any of this stuff to see if there's even a probability or a possibility for it. And I find that very unlikely in the U.S. And even if they brought back every single person. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. 
Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.